heart goes out to the ones that have lost their <coughs> little boy. Yeah. My heart goes out to Brother Denny and his family. Right. And my heart goes out to uh, Brother Harry J. Beecham that is down in Rayford. I received a letter from him uh, today, and I thought it might be good to read it to our folks. It's, been, it's censored. The letters that goes out from there are censored. So uh, listen, and I'll read it to you. Dear Brother Clellan, I appreciate so much your visit with me last Sunday. You and my brothers brought into me a portion of heaven. I feel stronger for God since you were here. Oh, what it is worth to attend camp meeting. To me, I would gladly give my right arm. However, even here, I can listen to that still small voice of God. It gives me daily comfort and cheer. I received just enough manna from God and his word to sustain me one day at a time. Brother Daniel, Job, Abraham, and other prophets have moved in here with me, so you see that I am not entirely alone. You see, this world is not my home, but until then, I'll carry on. I feast daily on the treasures laid up in heaven as a child. These treasures were placed in my heart at an early and tender age by my parents and God's people. Today, these treasures are brighter and worth far more than their original value. Only God knows for what purpose I am here, but I shall not question his wisdom. Though he slay me, yet will I serve him. In all events, I shall emerge a stronger soldier for God. I sincerely thank God for having been raised in a God-fearing Christian home. As I remember back the faces of our old folks who have passed on and also one still with us, they appear before me and tell me to be strong and to trust God and to acknowledge him in all my ways. I humbly request the prayers of our church that I re may remain strong and not falter, and especially I ask that my wife and family be remembered. I intend to serve and obey God the balance of my life. I thank God for our camp meeting week every year, and I hate so much to miss it this time. However, I am sure that many souls will be saved and won to Christ. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Brother Joseph, come see me again when you can, and may God's riches richly bless you and the wonderful work now being done by our church as a whole. May God shower his blessings on our people, and may they serve him every day and give him all the glory and power forevermore. Your brother in Christ, Harry James Beecham, Jr. Well, uh, I feel that we want to do all we can while we're living for everyone. We don't know what we need, and we don't know what we should pray for as we ought, but at a time like this, I uh, get out on my knees. I went over into Dad's cabin, away from the rest of them, and I got on my knees, and I asked that something may be done or said that will upbuild God and his people. <laughs> I'm interested, I'm concerned whether you make it to heaven or not. That's right. It's uh, a close walk. Yeah, it is. It's a careful walk. And we can live careless and miss it, or we can live holy and make it. Now, I thought maybe somebody might think I had some notes. I want to tell you right off the bat, I don't preach by notes. No. 
Don't sing by preach note, but preach by note. But I, uh, I let the Lord have his right of way, and I guess you'd call me one of those old-fashioned kind of preaching. Well, right. I believe in the good old-fashioned way. Yeah, yeah. Too. Yeah, my Lord. I, uh, I believe Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. And I ask God's people to pray that the word of God may have free course. And I like the freedom of worship. I hope we don't ever change it. I hope we don't ever change it. Uh, that where uh, everybody is free. Well, right in the midst of uh, somebody fixing the pre, we thought we was going to have a couple sermons the other morning. But the Lord decided we was going to have all the sermons. So we didn't have those sermons. So uh, if anything be revealed to him that sitteth by, the Bible says, let the first hold their peace. So let the word of God have free course. If anybody wants to pray, if anybody wants to shout, or if anybody wants to sing or testify, let the spirit of the Lord have his right away. Now, I'm a, I believe in the one Lord. Yeah. In one faith, one faith and one baptism. Just one. I believe the Bible is only a book of one doctrine. That's right. The I believe it supports one, one faith. faith. Now, it's a common belief among our people, uh, not among our people, I'll say, but uh, among the world, that... Uh, uh, we're all aiming at the same thing, and we all want to do right, and we all, uh, uh, you go to heaven on the Baptist road, and I'll go to heaven on the Methodist road, and somebody will go on the Catholic road, and we'll all wind up into heaven. But my Bible don't teach that. I believe in the Bible, what the Word of God says, and what, that's what we have to go by. One Lord, one faith, and one baptism. Now, the seat of all of our trouble is carnality. That's right. That's right. And there's not but one way to get rid of carnality. That's right. And a person is not a Christian with carnality in their heart. That's right. They're lost with a carnal mind. The Bible says the carnal mind is enmity against God. It is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. Carnality. Well, uh, I'm going to read a little bit first in the, in the second chapter of Ephesians. That sounds like an old-time way, though. And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and in sins. Wherein in times past yes, I did. ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past. Yes, that's past. Fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Now that nature is carnality. Right. We all, this will sound just as natural, sound just like a, it sounded when I was a little boy. When I used to sit there and hear our folks tell about how when sanctified people come their way, they... 
had belonged to a, a local church. Uh, they had been baptized and they had been sprinkled and they had uh, joined the church uh, and did the best they know. Uh, they had their sins forgiven, but they found the law that when I would do good, evil is present. That's right. How to perform that which is good, I find out. That's what they say. But it said when sanctified people came into my community, they erected a little tabernacle with a little shaven floor. And he said, when I walked in that tabernacle, I saw they had something that I didn't have. You heard people sell that kind of testimony? Yes, I have. That is my testimony. And he said, I never had nobody to tell me how to get rid of the carnal mind till sanctified people come along. Is that what they said? Well, that's the way it is. Now, the reason why a person is not saved at the first work of grace because the nature of sin remains on the inside. That's the reason. That's right. Not a child of God. We all know how God created man in the beginning, in his own likeness and in his own image. I don't know that God had a physical likeness. I don't know. I don't think he's talking about that. But he made him holy, like God is holy. He made him in the likeness and image of God, and he breathed in his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. God created man. Our discipline says that man was created. This is in Articles of Faith of Christ's sanctified holy church. That man was created in righteousness and true holiness without any moral imperfection or any kind of propensity to sin, but free to stand or fall. But he fell from this estate, became morally corrupt in his nature, and transmitted his moral defilement to all his posterity. Is that Bible? Wherefore, as by one man, sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, because all have sinned. That's the word of God. And unto the law sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, which is the figure of him that was to come. That's right, a figure. As in Adam all died, so in Christ shall all be made alive. Now, the majority of the world don't believe it's possible to live a life above sin. That's right. They don't. They don't believe it. No, they don't. And the reason why is their doctrine won't save them from sin. No, that's that's the main reason. The way it's hooked up and the way even holiness doctrine, the way it's hooked up, won't do it. I never did see a cart uh, uh, pulling a horse down the street. The horse done the pulling of, of the cart. And uh, a person don't get saved first 
regenerated at the first work of grace is contrary to the will of God, contrary to the Bible. A man was never born of God at the first work of grace. He that is born of God doth not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him. And he cannot sin, because he's born of God. When the seed of Christ took the place of the moral corruption that we inherited through lust in our system, when that is eradicated and we get the seed of Christ on the inside, then we can live a life free from sin. So, But you don't get saved. Get that carnal nature out. You don't get saved and then get a little license to doctor it all up on top. And... You don't get you don't get what you call saved and I'm regenerated and I'm a child of God and and I keep on sinning every day and in about a year or two I'll go to the altar and claim to get sanctified on an old conversion. That won't work. He will not dwell in an unclean temple. He says, confess your sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Work number one, and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Work number two, that's the way we get cleansed from inbred sin. And without being cleansed from inbred sin, carnality, which is not subject to God's law, neither indeed can be, we are dead people. That's right. We are not born of God. Yeah, that makes you dead. You're dead. That's what death is. Sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Paul says, I find a law. Yes, right. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. If then I do that which I would not, I consent to the law that it is good. No, then it is no more I that do it but sin. That dwelleth in me. The nature of sin. The seed of sin. And as long as that is in your heart, it's death. Wherefore is by one man sin entered into the world and death. By sin. And so death passed upon all men. Yeah, that's right. He's not talking about physical death. No. He's not talking about a physical death. He told Adam, In the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. And God cannot lie. The word of God is true. Yes, it is. And what he said, the scriptures cannot be broken. That's right, it can't be broken. And what he said, it was that way. Man, Adam lived physically and raised children. But for that very day, that cool of the day, when the Lord come around looking for Adam. Would it have been nice to have walked along with Jesus in the cool of the day through that beautiful garden of Eden, eating the fruit of the land, helping yourself 
And the voice of the Lord come walk along with you there in the cool of the day. Wouldn't that have been nice? And wonderful. But oh, he told him that in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. So when the voice of the Lord come along looking for him, he says, Where art thou, Adam? Where are you? He couldn't find him. He said, I hid myself. I heard thy voice and hid myself. What's the matter? He had died. He said, who told you you was naked? Who told you you was? Well, the serpent, he come along and beguiled Eve. Yeah, made him disobey. And Eve, she took of the forbidden fruit to give to her husband, and they did eat, and they were driven. That's right. From the Garden of Eden. Yeah. And a flaming sword was put there to preserve it, the to keep the way of the tree of life. That's in the first book of the Bible. That's right. And after Christ came in the last book of the Bible, blessed is he that doeth his commandments that he may have a right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. I thank the Lord, everlasting life which he brought in. The soul of man is dead. And I ne I, there never was a dead person, a, sa a saved person, no. spiritually dead. All right, I find a law that when I would do good, evil is present. With the emphasis on the evil. You people that can't help but do this. The Lord can cure the can't help it. I yeah, sure now, let me tell you right now, I believe in sinless perfection. I do, too. Bless the Lord. And I can prove it to you by the Bible, yes, the Bible says that so. it's a requirement, not as a, a luxury, but a requirement. That's right. A necessity. A necessity right. that we should be perfect with the Lord our God. Jesus himself said on the, the, the Mount of... Olives, the Sermon on the Mount, says, Be therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. That's a pretty good fellow. Of course, there's no, I, I uh, told the folks for the last five or six times I've preached that I'm hung up on one subject just about it, and that is perfection, that you may stand perfect and complete and in all the will of God. I say this with all humility. I say the world has a right to some extent to criticize some of the actions of people claiming to be sanctified. I really appreciated Brother Hurston Ware's talk. Uh, do you, everybody that heard that and saw that, that's the kind of salvation I got a hold of. That's the kind of salvation I got a hold of. The kind that turns you all around. That changes your life. I'm not talking to people as a whole that don't know me. Yeah, about everybody here, the biggest part of you did, knew me before I got sanctified, of the older people. Yeah, I know you. Knew what kind of a boy I was. 
But I, I'll tell you, when God got a hold of me, I didn't make, I didn't have any, I told the folks at home not long ago, when I was making my consecration, I didn't say, Lord, I'll go if you'll just fix this, and Lord, I'll go if you fix that. But when I got sanctified, I told the Lord, I'm going all the way. And I don't care what came up. The difference has never been whether I was up and up or whether I was down or whether I was uh, uh, spoken well of or whether I was talked about. It didn't make no difference. I made up my mind I was going. Bless the Lord. That's the way I am tonight. And when you get a hold of a good dose of old-time salvation and you get a good case of repentance, you repent with all of your heart. You tell, the, you tell the Lord you're sorry that you ever sinned, that you have proved God, that you are repentant, and you'll have to promise him you won't do it anymore. I don't believe people get forgiven that don't promise him you won't do it no more. And if they don't believe they can, can help it, and they know they're going to sin tomorrow and say to the Lord, forgive me tonight, I don't believe it. I don't believe that. If I come uh, come over here and give you a good shoving down and or slapping or something, and you knew I was going to do it tomorrow, and I'd say, Brother Charlie, will you forgive me now? And uh, I'm going to do it though tomorrow again. Would you forgive me? Well, I'd forgive you for that time, but next time I'd. But. But uh, the Lord says, if you repent, forgive him. That's what he said. And so we've got to repent with a godly sorrow and be sorry that we ever sinned. And then God forgives. And this idea, this idea that I'm a Christian, but I sin every day, is just as false as it can be. That's right. Now then, the old man... Says that she put off concerning the former conversation the old man which is corrupt. Yeah. I read in the little book where it was corrupt. Man became morally corrupt in his nature. Put off the old man which is corrupt and put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Praise the Lord. And I pray God that we will give the Word of God and what it says our attention. That we'll give, pay heed to what the Bible says. Now, there's a lot of preaching among our people, but the Word doesn't profit a lot of time not being mixed with faith than them that heard it. What we want to do is to have whatever uh, somebody says, uh, I'll be glad they changed the subject. They preach about this, and they preach it, and next time they preach about the same thing. Well, you all know about the fellow that uh, they preached repentance. They wanted him to change his subject. He said, well, you haven't repented. So whenever these subjects are being preached, and the Bible is being put out, the word of God is true. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is a truth. And if you'll give heed to it, it'll be life to you. If you reject it, you'll be lost. That's right. Go to hell. 
What the word of God says is true. Yes, it is. It'll stand. It'll stand. Yes, it will. In the sixth chapter of Romans. God help you. Know you not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ. Yeah, not a particle of water here. We ain't, we ain't no water in here. No. Know you not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. I believe in a new life. That's when you're born again. That's when you that's when you get the new birth. That's right. Now then we begin to be partakers of the divine nature. When we, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these we might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So the, the corrupt nature is what we put off, when we put off the old man, and we be become... Uh, partakers of the divine nature by birth. We talk about our inheritance among them that are sanctified. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again by life to a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that fadeth not away, yeah. reserved in heaven for you. Yeah, I like that reservation. I like that reservation. Oh, yeah, but when we are partakers of that divine nature, we have to be born into this family before we get our inheritance. My daddy was going to leave me a lot of money. I'd have to be born into his family. I'd have to inherit it. Yeah, I, I couldn't inherit it. Uh, I can't inherit uh, what Brother Eve left them boys because I was not born in a married family. Well, you can't have what Jesus left you until you get born in a family. Right. Bless the Lord. This is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication. That every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and in honor. When we get born of God, we get the mind of Christ. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery me to be made equal with God, yes. but made himself of no reputation, but took upon him the form of a servant yes. and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Let this mind be in you. That's right. When you have the mind of Christ, you think in a different line. Right. Therefore, your affections are different. Right. The things you love are different. The Bible says, love not the world. The Bible says. Is it all right to preach the Bible? That's all right. Preach the Bible. The Bible says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Bless the Lord. 
I believe that scripture. Is that strong? Yeah. All right. If any man love the world, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. The world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Folks, I want you to, I want the gates to swing open when you go in. I don't want you to be turned away from the beautiful gate. I love our people, and I love the ones that come to this campground. There's not a person here that's not dear to me. I have no respect to persons to who you are, but I love every one of you. But I'm going to tell you this, the same thing it takes for one, it takes for all. The carnal mind is the reason people love the world. Carnality is the cause of the people affections being on the world. And forgiveness of sins and sanctification will do away with it. And the new birth comes with sanctification. That's when the new birth comes. Yeah, that sanctifies. That sanctifies you. That's right. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him. When he was crucified. The old man is crucified with him that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. So when you get a hold of the crucifixion of Christ, and you are buried with him in baptism into death, and like as Christ was raised again by the glory of the Father, you can walk in newness of life. So the regeneration is sanctification. That's right. And regeneration and sanctification is the only way to get rid of carnality. And that is the only way to get sanctified. That's the only way to go to heaven. Only way you can be a Christian. That is one faith. You believe in two baptisms? How many baptisms? One. The Bible says one Lord. One faith and one baptism. One God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Well, John baptized with water. That's one. Is that one? But ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Is that another one? That's two. Yeah, that's two. There cometh one after me mightier than I, the latchet of whose shoes I'm not worthy to unloose. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, whose fat is in his head. He'll thoroughly purge his floor, and he'll gather the wheat to the garner, but the chaff will he burn with unquenchable fire. Can't put it out. 
I have indeed baptized you with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. That's what he said. I believe in the Holy Ghost baptism. Now, another thing carnality brings, as I said a while ago, is death. Death, that's right. Goes right together. The soul that sinneth, it shall surely die. The son shall not bear the iniquity of the father, nor the father the iniquity of son, but the soul that sinneth, it shall surely die. Again, it says a man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed. And when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. What man? Jesus Christ. What man? For as in Adam all die, uh-huh. so in Christ shall all be made alive. Bless the Lord when you get in him. I thank the Lord for the resurrection of the dead. That's right. Yeah, spiritual resurrection. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. The nature which is corrupt doesn't inherit incorruption. This natural mortal body doesn't inherit incorruption, but absolutely, without any fear of contradiction, Right here in the place uh, when it says by man came death, uh, he's talking about the death that Adam brought on us by the fall of Adam in the Garden of Eden. And it was not a natural death, it was a spiritual death. So I declare to you the gospel that the 15th chapter of 1 Corinthians is not talking about a natural physical resurrection, but a spiritual resurrection. Right. Amen. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. They are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, for they are spiritually discerned. He said, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. People don't read the Bible enough. They can't follow you when you go to bear down on the spiritual quality. But our dear uh, beloved ministers that live in the, with their nose in the Bible, that preach a sermon like dear Brother Paul preached over there in our conference hall from this Articles of Faith, I'd have been glad every one of you could have heard it. That wonderful words of life that he brought and some of you don't take time enough to search your bible to know whether he's telling you the truth or not you need to get a hold of the word of god they are spiritually deserved the natural man receiveth not the things of the spirit of god they are foolishness unto them neither can he know them because they are spiritually deserved 
I'll declare unto you the whole New Testament doctrine deals with the spiritual man. The divine healing that he's talking about is that sin-sick soul. Can I prove that? Yes, the Bible can. Is any sick among you? This is the last chapter of James. Let him call in the elders of the church and anoint him with oil. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. Healed of what? Your faults. Confess your faults one to another and pray that you may be healed. The fervent, effectual prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Showing you that it is dealing with false and sins, not with material and natural things. Let's get a hold of what the Bible's talking about. Howbeit that which was not first, which was spiritual, but that which is natural. And afterwards, that which is spiritual. The children of Israel went through a natural wilderness. They was in a country that was called Egypt. I believe the good old Bible from beginning to end, I believe they were natural people, physical people, walking around and they marched, men, women, and children, 600,000 footmen, besides the little ones and the children, marched out of Egypt on their way to the land of Canaan. I believe today that we are on a spiritual march. We come from the land of Egypt, which represents sin. I say that which was first was natural. I say it was a natural country. They come to a natural river. Yes, sir. They had a natural river. And I believe the waters naturally roll back. And they went over on dry ground. I don't believe it was muddy. I believe it, I believe it was natural. But now, there's one more river. We cross over into the wilderness. We get our sins forgiven. We're in Egypt land under hard bondage. And uh, Satan makes our bondage hard. And we serve him with rigor. But the Lord has brought us out. And we crossed over the first river. And we got in the wilderness. That's spiritually speaking. Then we used to say that song. There's one more river. And that brings full salvation. There's one more river. There's one more river. And when you get over it, I'm over the land of Canaan. Over Jordan in the Canaan's fair land. When I fled from Egypt bondage and crossed the raging sea, I heard about a country that was prepared for me. Some said they'd seen its fountains. It's cool, it's sparkling stream. Some say that hills feed its valleys over which the sunlight gleam. But I'm over the Jordan tide. The water did there divide. I'm in the land of Canaan, abundantly satisfied. That was not first which was spiritual, but that which is natural. 
And I claim that all the things that is done is spiritually, in there's a deal with the spiritual man in the New Testament scriptures. That's right. That's what he's trying to build up. That's right. So, since by man came death, carnality, if you please, the old man, another name, came by the fall of Adam in the Garden of Eden. It's the one that causes us to sin. It's uh, the, the one that's not subject to God's law, and it will bar us out of heaven. We can uh, sprinkle water on our head. We can eat crackers and wine. We can take every ordinance there is, and it will not hit the heart. That's right. Let me, let me find what I want to find. You know the Bible is so full of such good reading. Yeah, it is. Full of it. I believe in it, too. Yeah, I believe That's it. That's right. I believe I in it. I got no better sense to believe the Bible. But it talks about the first tab tabernacle, wherein was the candlesticks and the table of the shoe bread, which is called a sanctuary. Yeah. And after... The second veil, the tabernacle, which is called the holiest of all, which had the golden censer and the ark of the covenant overlaid around about with gold, wherein was the golden pot that had manna and Aaron's rod that budded and the tables of covenant and over it the cherubims of glory shadowing the mercy seat of which we cannot now speak particularly. Now when these things were thus ordained, the priest went always into the first tabernacle accomplishing the service of God. But into the second went the high priest alone once every year, not without blood, which he offered for himself. And for the errors of the people, the Holy Ghost, this signifying that the way unto the holiest of all was not yet manifest, while the first tabernacle, which still is standing, which was a figure for the time then present in which were offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not make him that did the service perfect as pertaining to the conscience. That's right. Yeah, the enemy. It couldn't hit the old man. It couldn't clean it out. It couldn't purge your conscience. It couldn't make him perfect as pertaining to the conscience. That's what the Bible says. Which stood only which stood only I'm still reading the Bible in meats and drinks and carnal ordinances and divers washings imposed on them until the time of reformation but Christ become a high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with hands, yeah, not to spiritual. say of this building, yeah, neither by the blood of goats and calves, no. but by his own blood. Yeah. Right. Right. He entered into the holy place, having obtained eternal, eternal. redemption for us. Right. For of the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer, sprinkling the unclean, sanctified to the purifying of the flesh. Yeah. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your what? Conscience. From dead works to serve the living God. I say it hits the conscience. It hits the heart. All of your divers' washings, your carnal ordinances are imposed on them till Christ came. Amen. If ye be... Dead with Christ, 
Why living in the world are you subject to ordinances? Touch not. Taste not. Handle not. Still talking Bible. Still talking the Bible. Which are all to perish with the using after the doctrines and commandments of men. What did he do with them? He took them out of the way. Nailing them. To his cross. Nailing him to his cross. Yeah, right. All ordinances. All right. Every one of them. Baptism. Sacraments. Foot washing. Every one of them. Took him out of the way and nailed him to the cross. That's Bible. That's plain old Bible. I believe in my Bible. I believe in it. And it's just like yours. If you've got a King James Version, I don't believe in none of your revival.